Well, 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 it's the Mind Body Health Program, everybody. My name is Cobb. I'm in the studio right now. And we are about to be joined by our intrepid host. Welcome, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Welcome, Cobb. Nice to be in the studio with you. Yeah, and what we want to do before we introduce our guest is remind everybody that it's Giving Tuesday around here in the radio waves here at KZYX. Hashtag Giving Tuesday. It is here, and it's a day of global generosity, so I guess it's way beyond just KZYX. It's a day of global generosity for nonprofits that are making differences in ways that are important to you. KZYX is one of those nonprofits. It's been here for our community every day for over 33 years, letting us know what's happening in local government, environment, breaking news, national news, giving you up to date info during emergency situations amongst every other situation. So you can hear shows like Mind Body Health today, which is a call in show. You can participate in the show because of that. Um, we have great music here, entertainment programming. We run the full spectrum, especially if you're a regular listener. You know all about the fantastic programming, and it's only possible with your support. So in the spirit of Giving Tuesday, which is a global event, I guess, please consider making a donation to KZYX. You can um, go to kzyx.org and click on the Donate button. So for those of you out there, thank you so much. And now we will really kick off with the content here at Mind Body Health. Take it Howdy. away, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Okay, Cobb. Thank you very much. Um, I give every month to KZOAX. This is a great time on Giving Tuesday to give to them. I think they're an essential part of the community. I, um, I don't know any other county that has such a diverse topics on the radio that you can listen to all the time, music and everything else. So today we're going to have an unusual show. It's the fifth Tuesday. I got bumped off by Colfax last week to discuss about respiratory illnesses, but Cobb was nice enough to come in today. We're going to have a very unusual, interesting show on the jail uh, and inmates. Um, and we have online with us on Zoom is Marcos Ratnathicum. Uh, who's the head of prison monastery, who's been operating in the jail for a couple of years. And welcome, Marcus. Hi, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay. So, um, having become the medical director at Ford Street, I realized that there's quite this side population of, um, of difficult uh, patients and people that... Um, Marcus's organization is trying to help in the jail. Um, it's a um, costly thing. I think we spend more in the jail for an inmate than it costs to go to Harvard every year. Um, mm -hmm. But I won't, um, I'm getting off track here. Anyway, Marcus is the head of uh, Prison Monastery. And I guess the first question I have for you, Marcus, is if you could give us an idea about your mission and goals, uh, what you do in jails. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Marvin. Um, so, uh, yeah, our, our, so our nonprofit is called the Unconditional Freedom Project, and we have a, um, 
you know, a, a, a mission that we call to turn prisons into monasteries. Um, you know, the penitentiary um, at its root was a place to um, someone who's transgressed can, you know, kind of be removed from society and, and in that space, you know, contemplate, reflect and transform, have a true change of the heart and then return to society as a kind of contributing member um, that who's, you know, not been compelled to change, but who's had a kind of a transformation and um, can come back a richer human being than, than before they left. Fascinating name. Yeah. Right, now yeah. I understand the name. Okay. Yeah. So penitence, penitence, the root of penitence, at least we means um, kind of a sorrowful reflection uh, such that, that that sorrow can transform the heart. And so that's what prison monasteries is all about is returning uh, prisons to their uh, original intent before we started warehousing, before we started um, punishing people. So, um, I think it'll be interesting for the listeners to hear, since we understand your mission, what is the curriculum? Because I think yeah. these are uh, a difficult group of patients, uh, people to work with. How do you how do you approach this in a prison? Yes. So our approach is um, we kind of say from the ground up. So, um, you know, when we were at the, at the jail, um, you know, one of the one of the most popular parts there was the jail garden. And that's a big, you know, working with the earth is where we start. So getting people in contact with the physical earth um, kind of at a superficial level, um, you know, you start with addressing kind of physical exercise. You know, if you're if you're gardening, if you're beekeeping, taking care of chickens, um, doing any kind of ecological restoration, you're physically moving. Um, at a deeper level, um, you're getting a kind of grounded quality that you can only get being in contact with the earth, with your hands in the soil. You know, anyone who works with the earth, I think, can relate to that feeling. Uh -huh. We then go to um, uh, food, you know, so changing what we're feeding people. Um, anyone, <laughs> anyone on a kind of high-calorie high sugar diet can know you can't think straight um, when you're living off of, 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 of carbs. You know, you, you, you need um, healthy food in order to think straight. And so that, so we change the way we do food in prisons, uh, in the prison monastery. The next is we um, provide what we call um, liberation. Um, so this is things like yoga and meditation, which you know, since time immemorial has been used, um, you know, really in a, in a non-religious context to, to, you know, having restored your physical body to be able to actually start to examine oneself, to start to kind of bring your attention into what am I thinking right now or what am I feeling right now? Um, we also have a program called The Art of Soul Making, which is um, basically a series of stories and kind of basic spiritual lessons about... Um, how to find a sense of divinity in whatever, in whatever religious or no religious context that you please, basically finding a sense of deeper meaning to life and a deeper meaning to the order of, of the world. Um, and then the last is contribution, which is um, basically having had a change of body, having had a change of heart, having had a change of mind, um, you know, how can we allow people in prison to actually contribute back to society, to give people the dignity of being able to have a positive effect, even if they are incarcerated. Um, so whether that's providing food for the homeless or 
creating artwork that can be freely uh, publicly consumed or being mentors for other folks who are incarcerated. Um, we have curriculum around, um, you know, enabling that capacity to, to pay back. It's, it's interesting to hear you talk because um, AA tries to do a lot of the same sort of thing. You yeah. know, that you, first of all, from my experience at Ford Street, being sober, you know, I think that having, you know, a, um, you know, sober living is number one. I think so many of these people, and you can talk about this, um, have some sort of medication problem or drug problem that just being sober and able to uh, talk to somebody about how to approach things or do something different. And AA tries to connect people to some sort of spiritual um, base of their approach to things and, and go through a, you know, forgiving program where you ask people to forgive you for your past behavior. Yeah. Um, Cobb has hey, a question. Yeah, I just want to bring us kind of back to the very beginning so I can understand sure. a few points. I'm wondering, Marcus, if you could go over the historical connection, like the history, the organization a little bit, and connect that locally, what the history is here locally, um, you know, the involvement here in Mendocino County, sure, sure. And, so, and maybe give some personal context to you and what your role is directly yeah. and, and how long you've been with them and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So I, um, uh, so the, the, the nonprofit it was founded in uh, 2002 in San Francisco, um, and it started with uh, just giving food to the homeless. I think from from 2002 to 2014, did somewhere well over a million meals uh, provided to the homeless, primarily in San Francisco. And this was um, the Unconditional Freedom Project, previously known as Philip America. Um, okay. We changed we changed the name, but it's the same. Group. Okay. And then what in, happened after 2014? Yeah. So in um, that's just the, the time frame of the statistic I have. But in um, the, the the organization was primarily involved in in um, in providing food to the homeless. In 20, uh, let's see, kind of peak pandemic. So I guess 20. 21, early 2021, was when we um, first started with the Unconditional Freedom Project, which is um, the prison program. Okay. Uh, at the time when we started this, I personally uh, was living in Mendocino County. Um, and uh, so that program started first at a, at a women's prison in Central California, and then later started at uh, the Mendocino County Jail, uh, obviously in Ukiah. Mm-hmm. And that's been, and then primarily in the jail, you're talking the garden project there? I've heard a little bit about uh, it. first started with the garden project. Yeah, there was uh, um, the, uh, the jail had a garden. Um, and uh, I forget his last name, but it was a fellow named John who was um, managing the garden at the time. He was seeking to retire. Um, and uh, actually Kate, who works at the jail, um, called us when she was hired and said, hey, I, I, I have all these volunteer applications. You guys cleared your Department of Justice background check. You know, can we, 
can we talk uh, about getting something started? Because we'd applied, but we hadn't yet um, uh, start, actually started the work yet. And um, so we said, yeah, absolutely. And we started with the garden. Um, that fairly quickly grew into um, uh, kind of expanding their existing program at the jail that, that used to exist, it doesn't exist anymore, of bringing jail, uh, the garden harvest into the kitchen and integrating that into the, um, the food in the jail kitchen. And um, we also started uh, weekly meditation classes for both uh, the men and women weekly yoga classes for both the men and women, and also artist soul-making classes for the men okay. and women. Um, yeah. And you've been yeah. part and, of this Unconditional Freedom Project for how long? Me, personally, I've been yeah. involved with the, this nonprofit kind of off and on since 2012. Oh, and wow. I've, become, yeah. I've, been the, I've been the director of the nonprofit for the last two years. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then, Marvin, you said something about the medical director at Ford Street. That's you when you were introducing all this. Yes. Okay. It's, um, I'd like him to talk a little bit about uh, the inmate population because at Ford yeah. Street, I see a lot of similarities. And, and what's Ford Street? Okay, Ford Street, it? sorry. Ukiah Recovery Center. So, Ford Street is a nonprofit in town who. Um, does three things they do detox mm -hmm. uh, for people then they do therapy and then uh then we do um, sober living they okay. have apartment units where you can stay if you have a job and it's sort of like uh um being in a continuous aa meeting and the and the purpose of ford street is to get people sober and then give them therapy because those are the two left and right hand of what's successful getting people off drugs okay and so you introduced the ford street concept and your role in that not because of the same organization not but the same because organization. you came to know about this project right because your of work ford street. is that okay right. and i think ford street aa this program's trying to do the same thing get Us people sober Marcus and, and then coming on right. there okay now i get it there was a lot of info there in the very beginning thanks fellas to both of you for clearing thanks, that Kyle. up for me so so uh let's talk about the inmate population because i think uh that gives you a great insight into what everybody is trying to do yeah i i, I mean i think you nailed it about the intersection of of, of um you know, incarceration and, and addiction. Um, I've I've read somewhere something like seventy percent of uh, people incarcerated uh, are for for men are drug related crimes. And so you you, you know, I, I think you nail it. You can't talk about incarceration without talking about addiction. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a population of people that I think we've traditionally have mostly cast out. Um, societally, uh, you know, we've we've um, we don't put a lot of resources into um, developing uh, uh, individuals as people when they're incarcerated. We put a lot of resources into security, but but not in not in terms of investing in the actual people. And I think part of that is people don't really know what to do. In a sense, I mean, part of it's probably a kind of punishment mindset, but part of it, I think, too, is People don't know what to do. It's a challenging population. What do you do with someone who's just 
who's just robbed a vulnerable population on the street. <laughs> you know, it's a challenging humanitarian endeavor, and and um, and so uh, and the, and the result obviously is 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 um, you know catastrophic in terms of not just the the cost to our our county budgets, our federal budgets, but um, we lose people. Right. People go into prison. And tend to get stuck in there, and and I think warehouse and, uh, is a good term for what the what we've done in the past is just warehouse rather than get better. Yeah. And at Ford yeah. Street, trying to take somebody, some alcoholic off the street, um, and make a difference in their life is a big deal. And this isn't, um, you know, every. You'd be surprised. Um, my son spent four months in jail for resisting arrest on a DUI and then went to uh, the Janus program in Santa Cruz where he stayed two months in therapy about mm -hmm. a drug and alcohol addiction. He hasn't mm -hmm. had a drink in 10 years. He's a successful mm -hmm. contractor. He's married and has a beautiful three-year-old child. So I think that people have to realize these are all people with, you know, other possibilities in their life rather than being in jail or on the street drunk. Yes. Um, what is the recidivism rate for people in jail? I can say, uh, I know the statistic, the last statistic I saw was 67%. So 67% of people who uh, are in jail or prison, um, I think it's within five years, end up back in jail or prison. Okay, I'd like you to repeat that figure because I, I hope the people, when they leave uh, listening to the program today, remember that figure because that's a horrific figure. Um, and that's what we all are working for. 67% of people who are in prison or jail end up back in prison or jail within five years. Okay. Um, so tell me about the the volunteer program, and the, and I was shocked to hear about how letters are uh, surveyed at in jail. Yeah, they are. I heard someone told me the other day who works in the in the criminal justice system. They said it's it, it's harder to uh, it's harder to uh, it's easier to get drugs into a prison than it is to get something um, nefarious in a letter into prison because. Every 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 written communication that goes into a um, prison is reviewed uh, by the deputy staff at that facility and a computer. I, I was just shocked that writing a letter coming in or out of jail is reviewed that much, but I guess uh, that's there's a reason for that. But they're reviewed, and then tell me about the volunteer part of the program. Sure. So uh, about uh, of of our program yes. or. Uh -huh. Um, so the, the first is we have, um, so our programs in, uh, I think last count was around 110 facilities around the country. And uh, there are um, something around 3,500 um, men and women incarcerated around the country who participate in one aspect of our program called the Art of Soul Making. And this is a, Art of Soul Making is a, it's about a 50-page workbook. You can, you can download it on our website, unconditionalfreedom.org. And this is the workbook I mentioned earlier. It's a series of stories and kind of basic spiritual um, lessons around, you know, finding inner goodness, around forgiveness that um, is, we call it like a monastery in a book. It's a, it's, a, it's a path to freedom inside of a book. You know, if you can kind of follow this book and stick with the lessons and stick with the homework, 
you can really find a sense of freedom even in the severe physical conditions of prison. So supporting these 3,500 participants, we have several hundred volunteers, and these are people who sign up online. Um, you know, we run Instagram ads uh, for people to sign up. They complete a, a, a training um, and kind of a, um, it's a video training, a do's and don'ts training, again, on our website. And they then are able to, um, and this is big, anonymously and digitally uh, exchange, uh, have a pen pal relationship with someone incarcerated. So someone incarcerated signs up, they get on our wait list, a volunteer signs up, they get on our wait list, um, and we'll pair them, and they'll be able to communicate digitally to one another, talking about the Art of Soul Making program. And it's done what we call, again, and it, it's digitally, it's safe because the volunteer doesn't have to disclose their full name and address, which is not true in, in, in other um, circumstances. And it's also kind of contextualized. So, you know, uh, for people who want to make a difference in the criminal justice system, um, they can do so, uh, but not just simply saying, hi, how are you? They can kind of talk about this program and go on this spiritual journey alongside someone incarcerated, and they can make a difference in the criminal justice system that way. Okay. I've got a question. You, yeah. you just mentioned in that that there's... 110 facilities nationwide participating yeah, yeah. it is like what's the like what's my question here what's your funding source is it federal or like what or is it local or how's that work for you private donors private um, donors yeah people donate through our website um a lot of the people who volunteer donate um I donate. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we have a, a, there's there's kind of families who are really interested in criminal justice uh, reform who donate. Hey, so this doesn't cost the the local jail anything, or is that something? Zero, zero. zero. I mean, I, I zero. We'll get to huh. Mendocino County Jail, but I think that was one of the saddest parts of what happened in Mendocino County. Is yeah, the jail benefited from massive uh, programming. Um, and totally for free. So uh, this wait, is. You said something happened. I'm. I'm yeah, sorry. This, I'm. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, clueless. Here. So I'm, this is. This is the ugly part of the uh, program. Here is how uh, the program was discontinued at the jail over one taste, and I don't know how you want to address this um, disconnect with the jail and all the <laughs> flack you've gotten about one taste. Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, um, so let's see here. I think in, I want to say September, uh, a, a, uh, a, a, a broadcast went out on this radio station, actually, uh, by a journalist named Sarah Reith, uh, who, who's made a claim that... Um, uh, basically that the Unconditional Freedom Project was essentially um, uh, manipulating inmates at, at Mendocino County Jail. That's uh, kind of the, 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 the top line of it. Um, and the justification for the allegation was because of, a, because of a connection with a company called One Taste, which uh, 
uh, taught a practice called orgasmic meditation that I've been involved with uh, personally for well over a decade. One Taste, a totally separate organization than Unconditional Freedom, um, had uh, media allegations against it for claims of sexual harassment, claims of um, uh, that, you know, kind of all sorts of kind of pretty, pretty gnarly, kind of scary claims actually in the media. Um, she found out about this connection primarily through me and my, my involvement with One Taste and then as the director of the Unconditional Freedom Project and made the, made the claim that um, basically Unconditional Freedom Project was doing One Taste's bidding of continuing these negative allegations of sexual harassment, manipulation um, uh, in prison. And uh, the, the uh, uh, jail administration uh, found out about this and uh, they got wind of this article, uh, this radio show coming out and then subsequent article. And uh, as a result of that, uh, canceled the, uh, all of Unconditional Freedom Project's programming at the jail. So Whoa. were there uh, inmates wow. that complained about being exploited or were there some survey by the jail of inmates or um, did the, you know was this um, anyway that's my question <laughs> no <laughs> no not a single uh, not a single complaint uh, ever of anything related to this um, you know and th there's just no there's no evidence uh, to ground uh, any of this you know um, we the program was actually championed by uh, everyone at the jail for for the two years of a very very flourishing relationship and and really powerful program that um, at the time of the program being canceled uh, you know the jail's population fluctuates I think it's in the kind of 250 350 range I think there I think the, the final count was around 160 people of that population at the jail at the time of cancellation was engaged in this program, um, which is heartbreaking. I mean, it's, 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 uh, uh, they all were immediately uh, denied access to their programs and there was never a single, without one, not even a verbal warning or anything because this stuff never happened. There was never anything sexual happening okay. in jail. All right. Here's Cobb. Um, Cobb has a question. I'm just going to interrupt for a moment to let folks know that you're tuned to the Mind Body Health program on KZYX Radio. Uh, also, today's Giving Tuesday. So that's a worldwide event, and KZYX is an organization you can donate to as part of Giving Tuesday at kzyx.org. Uh, meanwhile, this is my name's Kyle. I'm engineering, and Marvin Trotter is our intrepid host, and we're interviewing Marcus Ratnathicum. Ratnathicum. Yes. Yeah. Ratnathicum. Yeah, part of the Prison Monastery Project and director of the Unconditional Freedom Project. And then, yes, are you wanting to open phone lines for? Well, I want to open the phone lines because I want to talk about another program that I think also is great of a friend of mine, Kathy King, who should be calling in. Okay, so, so I'm going to take you off the off the mark for a moment here, Marcus, to put in another okay. prison program. 
Okay, but anyway, okay. Um, if you want to call in, listeners, and you're out there listening to this today, uh, please call in at 707-895-2448. We'll get you live in the studio with your question for our guest. I'll turn off my radio. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Go ahead with your question. Am I on the air? Yes, you're on the air. Hi, this is Naomi Wagner. Um, thank you for the program. I was wondering, um, you're talking about the jail kind of in general, but I have been in the Mendocino County Jail, also in Humboldt County, uh, numerous times for tree-hugging and protesting and so on. And um, I have noticed that things are very different for women than they are for men. One of the biggest health deficiencies for the women is there's no exercise program. And uh, when I was in there, no one, no women were allowed to work in the garden. The reason given was that the male guards uh, were afraid that the women would come on to them and then charge them with sexual harassment. Wow. That was my experience. Um, I want to comment also on the drug situation. Uh-huh. You get clean and sober when you're in jail pretty quick, one way or another, and turn into a different person. Um, the problem is you're not really off drugs because um, you are still, you're going to get uh, medications from the jail, and they are all medications that tamp people down, make them more submissive, more lethargic. Um, it's very hard to get treatment for actual illness. Um, I didn't see people getting treatment for actual illness quickly or in timely ways. Um, the meditation that I experienced, this is in Humboldt, it was offered. I was the only one that did it. Um, so, and the other thing about the food is um, the food's okay if you're in the kitchen, but by the time it gets to the inmates, it's pretty terrible. And you're actually, most inmates are on sugar uh, okay. all the time because uh, of, right. the, thank, yeah, because of their, uh, the commissary. So could you comment on that? Sure. And then please differentiate between the women and the men's side. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take a moment and um, say that this is one of the reasons I'm trying to get people admitted from the jail to Ford Street directly for therapy. So you get in the jail, you get clean and sober, and then you get to go to Ford Street for therapy. But I'd like Kathy um, King to try to call in now. Um, yeah. For can, this I, Marvin, can I just reply to sure, one sure. thing? Go ahead. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Because we're just so proud of this. So. Prior to unconditional freedom at the jail, um, the, the caller is exactly right. Um, the, the, the women were not, uh, did not have this program. We uh, specifically uh, paid for a, a woman to go to the jail um, to enable, for the first time, I think, in the jail history, have a female work crew for the garden. Um, so she's absolutely right that... Um, you know, the, the, the opportunity was not always the same. That was a great concern for us. And um, unfortunately, this doesn't exist anymore. But while we were there, there did was have. a female in the garden. Very so good. Is there a garden project happening Can we take, at the see, jail? If, see if this caller is Kathy. Oh, sure. Want. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. You're live on the Hi, my name, my name is Deborah Bailey, and I am a formerly incarcerated uh, inmate from Mendocino uh, County Jail. Um, and my question is, before the programs that were canceled at the Mendocino Jail, why were the inmates not questioned or asked about the programs and about the allegations before they were discontinued? I don't know that we can answer that. 
Do you know anything about that? I think I I, I think that is the question for 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 the residents of Mendocino County. You know, if I was a resident paying, you know, I, I would say, um, yeah, why 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 were inmates never questioned and this was just unilaterally canceled to the detriment of of them? I mean, if we're if if this is the population we're trying to support and protect. Why are we not asking them if this happened? Yes. Um, Good I, question. I think Good question. Spot on. And we have another caller live on the air. You're welcome to Mind Body Health. Nope. Okay, so does, if you're out does there. Does Ms. Listening. Bailey want to say anything else? I, okay. Um, I'm going to ask. Um, Kathy King to call now. So hopefully. So you're you're trying to have I, another I'll, I'll guest dis, call I'll, in. Yeah, I'll discuss the program until she gets called in. Uh, Kathy King's a friend of mine um, who has started a very interesting program for vets in jails who have an 80% recidivism rate. Uh, veterans in jails do very poorly, and she started a program where they train uh, canine. Um, um, dogs for as support dogs and they go into the jail with the dogs they train the inmates the veterans they take care of the dogs they get them all trained and then they give them away to people that need them blind etc etc and they've dropped the recidivism rate from 80 percent to 20 percent with uh, programs concerning the dogs um and I just think that that's another program that people, you know, that the warehousing of the inmates isn't necessary. We spend an enormous amount of money on this. And programs such as uh, prison monastery, programs such as canines for cause um, are, you know, great to try to break the cycle. Same thing we're trying to do at Ford Street. Take uh, people in... in um, the hospital and change them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Hello. Hello. Welcome Kathy? to Hi. Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead. Yeah, I, this is a really surprising okay. and disappointing series of events, and it sounds like a lot of really valuable, potentially life-changing services, all because a couple of people made some kind of poor reporting decisions. And so I was just wondering if there's anything that, you know, someone like me or other concerned citizens can do to support a reinstatement of these programs by unconditional freedom, or what do you suggest that, that people do? Okay, thanks for the call. I'm not sure the answer to that. Well, Maybe see what yes. Okay, yeah. great. All right, Marcus. Yeah, and I, it was a little choppy on my end. The question was, what, what can we do? To reinstate what? the program. If there's people um, that are interested that are listening today and they want to follow up with their questions, um, who do they talk to? Or, in fact, what is the contact information for your organization? would be a good one to get out there as well. Well, I'll, I'll say our organization has no power in whether the program's reinstated um, at the jail. The, the, so we, we were not part of that decision. And um, so contacting us to reinstate the program at the jail won't, won't go very far. Um, I think, I think the, 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 the place to contact would probably be um, 
you know, the, 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 the sheriff's county office or, or, you know, some representative in the Mendocino County government who um, you want to voice your, um, your, vo your, your support for, um, whoever that may be, if that's the, okay. you know, the board of supervisors or, or someone. Okay. Or and if, if, just yeah. in general, if people want to find out more about what this program is or was at the jail, uh, where do they yeah. go to find out about that? Yeah, uh, great. And we actually just came out with a documentary um, about the program. So if you go to unconditionalfreedom.org, um, I'll say that again, that's unconditionalfreedom.org, uh, you will see our homepage with, um, you know, another aspect of our program is we, we were serving uh, hundreds of meals a week to the uh, homeless and food insecure of Mendocino County. Um, that uh, program is also on our website um, and, and also in the documentary. So you go to unconditionalfreedom.org and you can see the documentary. You can learn more about the programs. Okay, thanks. We have another caller. So let me understand this, Marvin. You're waiting for a potential guest for a different program than this unconditional. Additional yes, Freedom it, Project to call in, but yeah. we're also taking listener, listener calls, questions. Yep. And if you're out there listening, the number to call is 707-895-2448. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Are you there, caller? Okay, we'll try another one here. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Hi, this is uh, John Canan. I teach woodshop uh, at the Waldorf School. But uh, this was a couple of years ago. You know, I was at uh, Purdy Hall uh, at the fairgrounds uh, doing a home show. And uh, Sheriff Tom Almond, uh, you know, came in the door. I saw him. And he walked straight over, you know, past every booth, walked straight over to my booth. And, and uh, we had this discussion about the importance of vocational ed. And he said to me, uh, you know, if you ever want to teach vocational ed at the Mendocino County Jail, he said, come and talk to me. I think I've got a job for you. Well, I did go and talk to him, but at the time, you know, there was... He said there was really no funding. Caller, do you have uh, do you have a question for a program? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, you know the, the the vocational training is so important uh, uh, for for uh, you know hey, anybody. Caller, I'm going to cut uh, you off. And uh, do you do you have a question for our guest or our host? Uh, well, I, uh, I, 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 the, the caller, I mean, to me, to me, the caller is pointing out that more programs at the jail for people, uh, is a great way to keep them from coming back. Got it. Okay, thanks, Marvin. Welcome to, oh, we lost that one. So if you're interested to call in with your questions here in Mind Body Health today, uh, the number to call is 707-895-2448. And uh, I'll take them as they come as best I can. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. 
Hi. Yeah, sorry to call back. I'll be brief. I didn't hear the answer to my question. Do women in the jail have access to the gardening program? Thanks. I think the answer to your program was that... Uh, so yeah, go ahead, either, Marcus. You, yeah. While the Unconditional Freedom Project was operating at Mendocino County Jail, women had regular access to the garden program. Okay. okay. My understanding is that the garden program now is is canceled entirely, so n neither men nor women have access to the garden program. Okay, thanks. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. My question is... Um First, a uh, quick comment. I like how everything's kind of connecting the dots. I realize now over time as I've seen the garbage cans in different uh, county things missing at certain places like at Towns Dam or county parks that the prisoners used to come around and collect those early in the morning and take care of that kind of thing. And um, it's, like, it's nice to uh, hear how the dots are being connected <clears throat> how we've missed those services and um, how that uh, hopefully we can get through the lawyer and insurance deal and the politically correct stuff to return these services because from my experience, one of my friends who went through that ended up being a really great park ranger at Lake Mendocino. And, and what's um, your question, caller? My question is, do you think that we'll be able to see these simple services come back um, uh, uh, through the uh, county jail. I, I don't, uh, you know. Was that part of the uh, unconditional freedom project? No, that was not. Okay. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't know about that. I do think that the garden program and some educational program has been restarted at the jail. Um, is not the, you know, everything program that was going on, but I do think they're trying to restart the garden and the educational program. So at this point, I just, yeah, the I'm curious. So this program that we're talking about today with you, Marcus, is currently not, no longer involved at the jail. Correct? Correct. Uh, correct. correct. Okay. And then you're hoping to highlight a totally different program today as well, Marvin, that you just brought up that is about additional care for veterans at the, the jail no this is a what? this isn't at the jail it's at other jails and i'm just trying to point out that uh, as a society we should try to do more at the jails than having a warehousing of people who off drugs with therapy and a purpose in life can do something other than go back to jail 67 percent of the time in five years got it same reason i'm at ford street we can make a better difference and be a, a plus to society rather than a negative. All right, and we have another caller. Again, if you're out there listening to Mind Body Health today, um, our guest is Marcus Ratnathakim, uh, part of the Prison Monastery Project, uh, the Unconditional Freedom Project, which was involved in the jails uh, with a number of programs that we reviewed earlier in the show and if you have a question for him or you have a question for 
Uh, Dr. Marvin Trotter, host of Mind Body Health, also the medical director at Ford Street. Um, call in with your questions, 707 895 2448. And we do have a caller uh, live on the radio. Welcome to Mind Body Health. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, I've got two questions actually. One is what percent of the inmates are given access to programs outside the jail? and inside the jail, and what is the recidivism rate of people that are allowed to access these programs, and what educational opportunities are presented for them? I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you. Marcus, do you want to answer that? I can give, um, uh, so the there's evidence that um, garden-based programs uh, have recidivism rates closer to, to in the five to ten percent range, uh, which is a you know seven uh, uh, x plus improvement uh, from the national average. Uh, our programs are we're studying this, but our program's two years old, and two years is not enough time to um, study recidivism because of the just the nature of prison sentences. Uh, what mm-hmm. we do study are precursors to recidivism, uh, which relate to uh, mental health, uh, substance, and uh, proclivity to, to aggression, whether physical aggression or, or you know, verbal fights. And our statistics show from the Art of Soul Making program that uh, depression uh, is reduced by 24%, um, anger is reduced by 24%, the uh, self-reported reliance on drugs and alcohol is actually reduced by 24%. Uh, uh, stress is something like a 15% reduction, and um, uh, violence is the same, somewhere around 15%, 20% reduction. Uh, and so, so the statistics are strong, and you know we look forward to getting the full recidivism statistic that'll take another probably four to five years to get. So what... Let's go back to the beginning for anyone that just tuned in, Marcus, and what programs, I guess they're all discontinued under your organization, but what programs were you doing at the jails? If you can review that. uh, Yeah, so I want to be clear. So our program exists far beyond the reaches of Mendocino County Jail. Um, Got it. so, So we have programs ranging from a... Uh, from prison gardens to prison farm to two farm to table food programs, um, up to a correspondence course that we have called the Art of Soul Making, which is the uh, the the program with volunteers who exchange letters with those incarcerated. We also have a program called Guards to Guardians, um, which work with corrections officers, uh, which we were doing at the Mendocino County Jail as well, um, which is really important. I'll just make a little plug for this in that uh, a lot of people look at the disenfranchisement of the inmate population, but the corrections officers population is one of the, um, has some of the worst mental health, addiction, depression, uh, divorce, and suicide rates of any depression, of any profession, I'm sorry, in the country. Uh, the, the average corrections officer uh, retires around 50 and dies at 55. So this is a profession that that um, basically retire and die is kind of the the kind of a, a really crass way of saying it, but it's it's a very very dire outlook, and so we have programs for officers as well. 
Got it. And so if anyone's interested to find out more about those programs that you said are have been going on nationwide, they can go to uh, what was the website link again? In the UnconditionalFreedom.org. Okay, and then meanwhile, you were the one program from your national organization that was implemented in Mendocino County was the Garden Project. That's what you were directing in locally here. Is that actually the, the so the Mendocino the, County Jail was our um, was our model. Uh, it was our 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 most full pilot program that we have. We had the garden. We had the beginnings of a kitchen program. We yeah. had art of soul making, yoga, um, meditation program, and we had the guards to guardians program all at the jail. So the the jail, uh, you know, the, the sheriff said, basically, bring your prison monastery program here. And so we created this pilot and uh, the results were astounding. I think one of the, the women who called in was a participant um, mm-hmm. and that so we kind of had the full set of programs going at the jail and and that's what was canceled got it okay i, I want to put in one comment about the in the the people that work at the jail the correctional officers had, do have a very difficult job yeah and we very have another job. and 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 i'll just say not mm-hmm. only is their job so difficult but they are uh cast as villains um, culturally, you know, I mean, when was the last time you saw a film with a positive portrayal of a corrections officer? Uh, it, it doesn't happen. You know, they're they're cast as villains in our society, and yet these are the these are the people who are willing to to endure a very 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 dangerous job that's mostly thankless to um, to keep society safe and actually try to help restore people who everyone else has, or for the most part, a lot of people have given up on. So, Okay. I think we have time for one more. Officers. One more call. Yeah. Welcome. No, but we do have other callers calling in. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Thank you, Cobb. Um, my question would be to, to you and Marvin. Sounds like these questions are being asked are not being able to be answered by uh, you guys there. How about getting the sheriff and the director of the jail on a program and have those questions asked of them? Okay, yeah, good question. And and that'd be one that I could say, too, beyond our show, if you were to call in and check in with the staff locally at KZYX here, uh, that might be a good way to follow up. Or if you're hearing that, Marvin. Cool. Thanks for the comment. Yeah, I just thought it might be a good program. Uh, yeah, it would. Go for it. All right. Looks like we got one more caller with a question. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Being a formerly incarcerated person at Mendocino County Jail, the programs offered there were helpful, and they helped us get through our time. We were not exploited. And I just want to know, are there going to be any more programs offered to the inmates? Because right now, there are no programs for us. I do uh, not. Thank you. I'm yeah. so glad ahead, to, to hear that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who you are, but I'm so glad to hear that. Thanks for calling and saying that. that was, that's wonderful. Uh, and we don't have an answer to your question. I don't know what programs are on the on the books or yeah, yeah. 
These are all questions it sounds like more so for uh, county jail staff, the sheriff, to, something to like discuss. that. Right. So, if you're able to bring a guest on in the future, Marvin, that'd be great. Um, okay. You got one more call, I think. Oh, all right then. Welcome Hello? to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, hi. Um, I, I totally support um, the these types of programs for inmates, but I'm wondering if your guest could discuss the relationship of Unconditional Freedom Project with um, One Taste and if viewers are aware of the Netflix sure. uh, documentary on One Taste. Thank you. I think that's for. I think that question's for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, um, so One Taste is a uh, is a for profit company. Uh, it it teaches a practice called orgasmic meditation. Um, Unconditional Freedom Project is a non profit organization that works in jails, prisons, with the homeless, with the black community, uh, soon to work in addiction, um, and uh, the. So they're they're totally separate, um, you know. They're they're incorporated as totally separate entities. Um, the the Unconditional Freedom Project is funded by several hundred private donors. Um, it it's driven by a community of I I, I don't know I think it's like three hundred and fifty volunteers. Um, of those volunteers, uh, maybe. Maybe thirty of them, twenty of them uh, know what one taste is. Um, so, if, if, if and I'll just explain my connection. Uh, I was a, a staff member of One Taste for years, a very, very, very proudly a staff member of One Taste for years. And I find it very sad what happened to to One Taste. Um, and I am also the director now of the Unconditional Freedom Project, and I'm you know I'm an unpaid. Director, which is kind of uh, semi-common for for nonprofits, um, the curriculum is entirely different. Uh, there is nothing to do with um, with orgasmic meditation uh, being distributed in uh, prisons in any form. Period. Uh, so, uh, I'm a person who's practice orgasmic meditation, uh, I can definitely attribute my desire to contribute to society to the practice of orgasmic meditation and that it totally changed my life. It changed my heart, it changed my mind, it changed my sense of purpose in the world. And, so, and um, it brought me to a place where I wanted to do nonprofit work. Um, so uh, that being said, I don't, I don't you know, teach or share or no one does about orgasmic meditation in prisons, period. Um, okay, so we have less than a minute to go, and I'm just curious, wh what is that connection, other than your personal connection that you're talking about, why is that even a part of the subject? The One Taste organization connected to unconditional freedom, like, do they have a historical connection or something? I'm confused about that. I, You know, um, the... the I, I, I am too. <laughs> oh, we got to go, actually. This program is getting cut yeah. off. So, yeah. Mind Body Health, uh, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Thank you very we much, We went as Marcus. far as we could go. Thanks for tuning in. You've been tuned to KZ Thank Lives. you so much. Okay. Radio, thanks for joining us. Sorry that I lost track of time there. Support KZYX. Yep, give, we're going give, to Loose Cannon Classic.